Did did all of us have diarrhea before the show <laughs> last night? I, well, I feel like everybody, you and you and Sean both both had diarrhea in I, my house. I didn't have diarrhea. Oh, you didn't? No. Okay. I have. It was some. a one armed man. Yeah. Why did you think we had diarrhea? Huh? Why did you assume we had diarrhea? Uh, well, because yeah, both of like, you guys, when you come here, you go right to the bathroom, oh, which I think I we all do that yeah, at each other's pee. houses. Yeah, yeah, when guys start podcasting together enough, they all start getting diarrhea together yeah, at yeah. the same time. <laughs> yeah, I was in yeah, there for yeah. like a minute. You think I just, you think diarrhea it means it gets to happen quicker? Well, I, well, we had, well, we started the show and then we had to stop it. And then I got up to go to the bathroom, but then Sean beat me to the bathroom. Uh, but then he was in there for like a long time, and I think I've I think I ate something bad, and I think I'm gonna have to leave. <laughs> no, no, no. But but I had I had the kind where it like just kind of pours right out like liquid. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's awful. Where it feels like I'm like this is probably how girls feel <laughs> when they pee. Anyway, welcome down for smokes. We got some quick uh, housekeeping, everybody. All right, very quick housekeeping. I want to say thank you to everybody who came to our live show. Uh, here in New York City, we do a live show every uh, every month on the Lower East Side. Even though we did ask who knew the show, and only one guy. So I don't know where all these people are coming from. I th- is it like your tw- they're your Twitter fans? I think a lot of them and were then- there for Ivy Walk. She okay. did uh, stand up on the show okay. yesterday. How is she? What? How is she? Oh, she was funny. She yeah. was funny. She's good. fun, man. She's yeah. different. Yeah, good. Yeah, God bless her. Um, and then yeah, what else we got? A new. I'll, I will be in uh, Nashville on October first. I will be at Side. Uh, you know, this is gonna come out after that. Uh, and then <laughs> Nashville, Zany's Nashville, October first, Skankfest, uh, October twenty, uh, September twenty eighth to the thirtieth. And uh, and then we got a new we got a new T-shirt design coming out, so that's exciting. Stay tuned for that on social media. And before we introduce our guest, I just want to say it's a uh, it's an emotional day. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' season is over with the uh, New York Jets. The fourth drive guy tore his uh, Achilles, and uh, he's done for the season. Maybe done for his entire career. So R.I.P. To, yeah, uh, Dr. Fauci did a Tanya Harding on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Open field tackle. Yeah. Now, they still won, Does that? but can they continue to win? I don't know. I, Aaron, I know Aaron Rodgers matters, right? Yeah, yeah. But he also is like an older man. So what is the idea behind him? Is he, he's great and he is well, still great? Like, what is the narrative? If this is a movie, like, what would have his storyline been? Like I don't best, know about him. Uh, he's like the best quarterback. Hmm. And he wanted to play for the Jets because the Jets were decent. <laughs> the Jets were good. So for some reason, he said, I want to play for the Jets. You know? Yeah. Then he, he, said, he slipped he on said, that metal he said, moss. <laughs> he, said, he said, New York seems to be a good place to be down low. Damn. That's fact. <laughs> and he wanted to be, yeah. It's nice. He's like, I'm tired of being down low in Green Bay. Because <laughs> yeah. there's only four gay guys here. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and he's out for the season. And he's out for the season. Yeah. yeah. So it's just very. It's just a bummer. And well, then it's also, the, it's the worst thing that ever happened to him since he had to pretend to enjoy having sex with <laughs> Olivia Munn. Yeah. Yeah. And then I also I went to Jersey. And I saw my grandfather, and he's like, uh, you know, he's like on his way out. Your grandfather? Yeah. That's uh, ninety six. Jesus, my grandfather's ninety seven. You know. Yeah. He's pretty lucid. Yeah. Yeah, mine. Yeah. yeah, mine was okay. Yeah. But uh, it's a bummer. My grandmother, you know, it's very low energy. But you know who's not low energy is our guest. <laughs> our <laughs> guest. It was not Housekeeping. Dying. Our, our yeah. grandparents are dying. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, but <laughs> our guest today is a very funny comedian and writer who has a special coming out on YouTube on uh, this uh, this Friday. Thursday. Right? Thursday. Thinking Man's Friday. Okay. Is oh, I it? I love that. Uh-huh. Yeah. It feels right to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's called it's called Bag of Tricks. It'll be out on YouTube. Bag of so, Tricks. Uh, yeah, and so you're just kind of you're just kind of making the rounds in all the big spots. I was at the View this morning, and now I'm here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and you didn't realize that this this you didn't realize that we start the podcast 30 minutes late. By the time we all <laughs> I had a hunch get together, we're kind of like we're yeah. kind of like the Brady Bunch in a lot of ways. I, I, I had a hunch. I didn't, I didn't think this was going to be a Swiss watch or anything. Yeah. Um. So how is that? Uh, how's how's the process? How's the process been? Um. I'd say. My father died in 2006 after a prolonged illness. Oh. And this has been the second most stressful, painful okay. experience of my life. Okay. Damn. Yeah. How prolonged? Uh, year, year and a quarter. That's how long it took you to figure this hour out? Uh, the hour is a little yeah. <laughs> no Six longer. Six months. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. Well, you should have you should have just done what uh, Mike did, which is just record a special and never release it. That's not true. It's going to get released. <laughs> yeah. Once the time capsule's open, I hit one of the lights. You'll get to hear all his. Uh, that is fun. You should bury it in the open. Sean, it. you know what's funny about Sean? Sean's got kind of a short fuse. Like when there, whenever there's technical <laughs> problems, he starts making noise like a woman at Chipotle when they run out of fucking uh, <laughs> avocado. <laughs> That's never happened. He starts going. Like <laughs> when we're like, guys, we got it. Oh, oh, I, I need a. Me- I forgot the memory card. The state yeah. of the world these days. He goes, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I was thinking the other day is Mike is built like an emperor penguin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like he looks like a Morgan Freeman should be narrated in documentary about him. <laughs> That's actually a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Okay. Do we know how that light's gonna plug back in? It Should we fix matter. it? I, no, doesn't I, matter. I, I, I guess, no, I I guess it doesn't this, fucking no, it matter. It's better dim anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's good. It's like cool, moody lighting. Exactly. So you, you want your, with your podcast? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. so. A little bit of mystery. Yeah. All right. So take us through. Uh. So I thought. So you were a you were a writer for this Stephen Colbert show. I was. Yeah. For six uh, years. Six uh, years. Really. Six oh, years. Yeah, that's right. Oh. Okay. The CBS show? CBS show. Nice. Yeah, it was hired in the interregnum between the two. Is that the right word? Interim? Interim is also, but it's also interregnum. It's like the I've f- never, I'll be honest, I've never heard that word. I'm probably that is sure. like between dynasties, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Hell yeah. Okay. I wonder if the, yeah. those two words are related. Probably. Anyway, yeah, I was hired up between the Comedy Central show and the CBS show. Nice. Yeah, it was Ed Sullivan. Ed Sullivan Theater. Now, I heard last night, because I'm a Honeymooners fan, the Honeymooners was, was, the choir. was filmed at Ed Sullivan Theater. Is which that true? I've never heard that ever in my fucking yeah. life. Isn't that and show then, on a boat? And then last <laughs> night, can can we look that up, Johnny? And then last night, some on some documentary, not even about the Honeymooners, they were like, oh, and Ed Sullivan Theater, which before Ed Sullivan was there, mm. was for the Honeymooners. I'm like, call it the Honeymooners Theater, then fuck Ed Sullivan yeah. in his grave. But about the writing job, I'm just curious because I remember, you know, a decade ago when I started stand up, that was always my dream to get mm-hmm. that job to, you know, write monologues or The Daily Show or whatever. And, and he I, was like, I'm going to I'm going to tweet every day about, about, <laughs> about how, 9-11. About who did 9-11. <laughs> that's that's and that'll get me noticed. <laughs> Sometimes people do, do yeah. get jobs on tweeting. I can't think of their but, names now. Yeah. But but my my point was essentially I have met enough people who have had those jobs and the experiences seem mixed to the point where it does kind of seem, I guess, hellish. 
like to actually do it day in day out think, you know i think hellish is strong there's certain i mean there are ups you could and downs dig ditches but essentially you got to wake up pretty early and you gotta like <laughs> like any job yes <laughs> you're always going to some building yeah, yeah, giving yeah. you a task yeah, I think, to do uh, i think yeah. jobs are terrible yeah and when you right. have la 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 uh, la la brain la la land brain mm-hmm uh, you get very offended that it isn't the dream you thought. Right. That's so funny because yeah, Sean, Sean wanted you to come in here and say, yeah, it's the worst job, and I wish I was yes. podcasting with my boys. <laughs> I wish I was I wish making $800 a month. <laughs> this was the dream, getting I the Patreon I, set up. I wish I was doing a podcast that never grew, no matter yes. what we what we did. Well, they just dropped an article about Jimmy Fallon being an asshole to his staff. That's a great scoop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, I mean, I don't know. It was, it was, it was a great job. You know, I get to write little jokies and interview or at least be near celebrities occasionally yeah yeah i once almost cut in front of walton goggins in the bathroom line that's that's, that's my, cool that's you know he's my story. he's i think he's my favorite actor he's great yeah so expressive i like him better than robert de niro oh that's for sure that's sacrilege yeah well robert de niro just he's disrespectful to our uh, our country <laughs> yeah he tried to fight you know? trump didn't he he said, yeah, he said, fuck Trump at the time. I'm going to fight the president. Yeah. And that's why we got the Oscar. And then all these Staten Island guys took their uh, all their paintings that they got at the mall and they smashed them <laughs> on YouTube. And they said, how dare you say what you said at the Tonys? They smashed their caricatures of Frank Sinatra and uh, Dean Martin uh, yeah. singing Fly Me to the Moon together. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, my dad loved Springsteen and then stopped listening to him. Uh, oh, after yeah. it came out against like Bush or something, the war in Iraq or some shit. No, that's a true believer. Yeah, and he was just playing the Meadowlands like a week ago, and I asked my mom if she wanted to go, and she was like, "No, he got real political." People can really Keep turn their back on their life. idols. Like that's crazy. <laughs> I, I imagine believing something that intensely about like your favorite music. You're like. Goodbye forever. Yeah, I I really believe in George uh, I, W. Bush. I think yeah. they they enjoy being angry about a thing more than they uh, like yeah. a thing, and it's not even. There's no way they're offended. There's mm. no way anybody has a feeling that much. You know, like I still watch Chris Benoit wrestling matches. Like <laughs> no yeah. one actually has an, a, a, still an it. attachment. It's just they have an attachment to like getting yeah. tight about a thing. There's you know? nothing better than being a martyr. That's like the yeah. best feeling. Like it's that than like. Kissing your newborn son. Yeah, it's something to talk yeah. about. It's something to get pissy well, about. Well, Chris Benoit, he did, you know, he did that that flying headbutt, which is a great. It's a great move. Yeah. Oh yeah. You it's know? a great move. And so it's it's almost like, it's almost like that if that caused the CTE that led him to kill his family, sure. <laughs> then that woman and that child died in vain if you don't if you don't get inspired by that it's like an art. by that yeah. move, right? It's his art. That's yeah. A very good point. They would want yeah. they would want you to still wear your Chris Benoit T-shirts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Van Gogh cut his ear off and Benoit right. <laughs> cut ties with his family. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, so I figured this episode could just kind of loosely be about, you know, the old the old sure. institution of uh, the sausage late, factory. late night TV. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Talk about a few a few things. We'll talk about. Uh, did you guys watch late night TV growing up? Oh, I, yeah. I actually did not. Hmm. Really? You know why? Because all I wanted to watch when I was a kid was cartoons. And when I was flipping through the channels, I'd see a guy in a suit. And I'd be like, oh, whatever this is, this is boring. Mm. Like so it wasn't until like I was a teenager that I even realized these shows were like not like informational right. conversation shows. They were actually supposed to be funny. Sure. And if only Seth Meyers was around when you were uh, a kid because he wears uh, sweaters. <laughs> oh, then I went, oh you know? here comes the fun. He's like the cool, yeah, he's like the cool late night. Uh, he's a cool professor. Late night guy. But I guess I want to talk a little bit about like sort of the uh, sort of the art of, of the monologue joke, you know, because I've 
I've done packets and things like that. And, uh, and it's like, you want, there's something about, you know, I feel like, well, do you have a, do you have a favorite, um, late night host or, or maybe a weekend update anchor or, or well, anybody that, that's obviously Norm McDonald, but yeah. he's like, you know, he's a cut, cut of a different cloth, you know? Yeah. He was the guy who's, it's insane that he got that job because he had such contempt for the yeah, audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love Norm. And I think probably Colin O'Brien, if we're talking about the str- like the straight down the pipe late night guys. Sure. But uh, but Norm is funny because when you watch some of those uh, those jokes, it's like not all of them are amazing jokes, mm-hmm. but the but he's having he's having fun with yeah, it. Absolutely. So it's like it's almost like he's doing the monologue on his terms. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of makes it like fun because some of them are kind of like misses, but even the misses are, are it's like he's committed to it and he's kind of enjoying himself. Well, he's aware it's a miss. He knows yeah, everything that's about to happen. Yeah. He knows this isn't going to be like a sleigh. Mm-hmm. This is going to be Norm MacDonald doing what he does. Yeah. yeah. But he sort of uh, he sort of owns it in a way where, Brilliant. you know, it's like because I guess I feel like I've I've written a bunch of these packets and it's like you. There's a, I'm sure there's a tendency, right? And especially when you're writing every day, to kind of overthink it, and to be like, how do I write the best? Yeah. But when you when you try to write, when you try to write like 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 smart or clever, or whatever it is, sometimes you lose mm-hmm. the fun of it. And I guess sometimes with some late night hosts, I kind of it, it it sort of seems like the fun, the fun is gone. They're kind of trying to do something else, which like you know, to each to each their own. Yeah, but and also these guys do. Do the show five nights a week, mm-hmm. so like a lot of it is like fucking fatigue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a point you just have to do the equation. Does yeah. it sound like it? Does it go to the rhythm? Yeah, of yeah, it? yeah, yeah. That's, it's that's close true, enough. Right? It's yeah, better than the other thing that seems a little more complicated. Sometimes you got to put an all gender crying room in the in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, so what is the crying? What? Because I've heard people bringing up like rooms. Yeah, what is that about? Uh, Jimmy Fallon had like a toxic sort of work environment, and so and, there was uh, a room where people would go and cry. Uh, yeah, he would un- be un- like unofficial, mean, unof- like it just turned out that that's yeah. where people if ended you, up going to cry. If you want to cry, room, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Damn, it'd be much better if like, he just like went on a bender on his show because he yeah. seems like a very cool guy when you're like out <laughs> at the bar, fun, at 2 drunk, yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, when you have the Vicodin connection and Jimmy Fallon pulls up, yeah. like that sounds Dr. much good. more entertaining than <laughs> just being. Yeah, he should go on at two a.m. They should change the hours. <laughs> it should actually be late night. Yeah, to accommodate right. his mood. And it should right. be you know, recorded maybe? while walking between two bars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. while walking from a bar to your coke dealer. Should be house. five a.m. with Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> <laughs> He's just urinating on a on a wicked poster. <laughs> <laughs> they should have that written to his contract. Like, so he has to be on five days a week, but it's starts at a different time every night <laughs> yeah just once he's like four beers deep then they start yeah. the cameras like, yeah what you don't want is one of those hangover shows at 7 30 when he wakes up dehydrated <laughs> right right Donald Trump's a like hell. yeah it's just whenever he starts to... now, now did you did you ever have to do stuff like that did you was it hard for you to uh like did you ever have jokes that you wanted to get through that they wouldn't do or yeah or, probably yeah. i mean it, you know uh, colbert's show was on cbs which has pretty strict yeah, language, mm-hmm. you know, restrictions and all that. And it would always be, you know, I, I would always do like wild swings in the writer's room that would never even come close to being on. Yeah. And, you know, your, your reward would be like people would laugh in the room, but like like the writer's assistant wouldn't even write it down because they had uh-huh. like no chance of like yeah, getting yeah, yeah. To, to, to the American public. Yeah. yeah. What was a day to day like? I mean, typical day. Well, 
the main thing was just like constantly at all hours of the day just watching the news like that's mm. how i got my phone addiction honestly it was just having my phone next to my eye before i would go to sleep every night mm. when i wake up yeah phone phone okay okay oh donald trump you know exposed himself to a bunch of school children okay this will be good this will be well, i'll write a bit on that so mm. it's like constantly watching the news. and it's hard because you know whatever trump did was funnier than like anything that you could write i mean it, no offense like, like no no us, absolutely it, beca- you know? it became such a running, running thing like trump does the material for us right, right absolutely right. would you like yeah go, go in front of boy scouts and talk yeah, about yeah. having sex with women on a boat <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. like you just do that like all right i guess i can make like a snide <laughs> aside in the middle of this but wait yeah. did he i I, for, I forget that he made some kind of speech to the yeah. boy scouts where he was like clearly alluding to like mm-hmm. boat sex parties mm-hmm. but then he, then he of all people like caught himself like well you get the point you know <laughs> kids have you heard of adnan khashoggi <laughs> i fucked so many models on his yacht yeah it was like that. it was all honey pots <laughs> Wait, who's Adnan Khashoggi? Adnan Khashoggi is a fascinating guy. He's, he's now dead. He's a CIA-connected arms dealer. He's the father of um, the other Khashoggi. Jamal? Jamal, Jamal Khashoggi, who oh. got cut up in Saudi Arabia. Mm. So his father, Adnan Khashoggi, is a CIA-connected arms dealer. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating. He had this um, this yacht where he would have all these, you know, uh, basically call girls or whatever, and he would invite famous or powerful people on to hang out. And Gary Hart was a presidential candidate. It was the Democratic frontrunner. And it came out that he was having an affair on his boat, you know, the monkey business with this girl. And it turns Wait, out that was the name of his boat. The his, monkey yeah, business? yeah. This was Johnny Carson at the time made a big deal about it. They even made a, a movie about this called The Front Runner. It was pretty good. I think that's what it was called. But anyway, so Adnan Khashoggi, uh, Gary Hart actually found this girl through Adnan Khashoggi, which is something I learned from Peter Dale Scott. But it is interesting where it's like Gary Hart was a senator, pretty prominent CIA critic. And it just so happens this... CIA connected arms dealer hooks him up with this like really hot girl who he starts an affair with, and then that leaks and it uh, blows up his presidential campaign. Hmm. Why can't these guys just have sex with their wives, huh? <laughs> I mean, what is wrong with just getting hard and putting your penis in your beautiful wife? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but so you were uh, just like exclusively on the monologues or you wrote sketches too? Or? A little bit of both. When, when I was working there, it was like predominantly like, like every bit was like more or less like monologue jokes. Mm-hmm. It came down to it. So it was a lot of like a lot of joke writing. I, I had like a handful of sketches, but mostly it was like Trump this, Trump that. But you worked there before Trump. I worked there since, yeah, uh, July 2015, which was the okay. day that Trump came down the escalator yeah. and declared his candidacy. So it was pretty much Trump off the off the, the block you know yeah yeah yeah. it's a lot of trump I, I learned a lot about trump yeah but it's crazy that i've also kind of like just like forgotten it all yeah i haven't worked there in a couple of years now and like all that all that day-to-day political stuff like i don't remember any of the faces of a political candidates or any of that shit it's just all just like whoosh you know mm-hmm. easy in easy out mm-hmm. yeah and i think stephen colbert was uh it's you know it it, it very much was a show that uh you kind of know what it is and who the audience is for and maybe that's not that's not particularly like our our audience or uh, stuff that we would enjoy. But uh, did you feel like you were who's who's your main audience for this podcast? Well, you know, people more know. more of like a uh, working class, more of like a Jimmy Kimmel. Crowd. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's for like you know older older boomers, I guess who who hate who hate Trump. But oh, but oh, the did Colbert you, show is the Colbert. Oh, show. I was asking about this one. Yeah, oh, okay. What, well, this what one. are the stats on Colbert show? Like, who does watch it? They still do Nielsen ratings, right? 
It can't be kids because it's late and it's. I think it's mostly like boomers watching the live feed, and then a lot of it goes out on like you know YouTube clips. So mm-hmm. that's maybe that maybe skews younger. But I think okay. yeah, a lot of like the people watching it live are like you know. 49 and older. I think our audience is exclusively guys in their late 30s who hate at least one or two of the hosts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Waiting for Mike to slip <laughs> up just once. Yeah. And then nail him in the message boards. Yeah. But that's good. You know, hate is sometimes more powerful H- than hate, love. Hate and love both equal one <laughs> click and one view. So yeah. They got me. Some guy was like, uh, one of my analogies, he said it was something a 16 year old weed smoking libertarian would think of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, all right. You're, you're not wrong. Oh, <laughs> thank you for being accurate and cruel. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. kid rules. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you never offend when you tell the truth, you know? Yeah. Keep telling the truth about uh, about us. Um, so Letterman was there before Colbert, right? That, that was the yeah, transition. Yeah, Let- Letterman no one... r- retired, yeah. and then Colbert swooped in and took Yeah, the interns got lost hot. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching uh, videos of Letterman running up and down the steps, because there's not a lot of space in there right you're all kind of piled up on top yeah of i mean i don't know i think that theater holds like 350 or something like that okay oh, wow it's hard to remember hard to visualize and then what time would you have to come in i would come in i think at nine yeah nine but i'd be, I'd be I'd like wake up at like eight and start like looking at oh bullshit and have my pitches ready to look go. at this little headline from johnny stephen colbert's audience is much younger and bigger than letterman yeah, that's in, your, in your face letterman except yeah that's yeah October now letterman is dead okay. and colbert <laughs> Is the president of Ukraine. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 250%. And still, even in 2019, he had the highest Yeah. There you go, haters. Bigger and younger audience. Bigger, younger, harder, thicker. Did you write the um the vaccine segment when they were doing that? When they were going <laughs> I think I might have been gone after that. I think yeah. I was I was definitely gone from that. Because okay. I, if I had been there, I would have like I feel like I would have been the, the fallout. Fallout would have reverberated, yeah, on me. But luckily, I got off scot free. <laughs> okay, yeah. so you show up there at nine, <laughs> and then uh, how does it work? Like, are you assigned things to write about specifically, you'd, or you'd have like a an all hands writers meeting? Yeah, everyone would go around giving their pitches. Colbert and Sean's like, does Hillary Clinton hold a gun to your head? You have to perform oral sex on her. That, that's what. Yeah, I think he gives them her agenda. <laughs> he wants to. Yeah, yeah. Hillary Clinton comes up with her talking points, which. Um, uh, oh yeah. So they, you, like, you you come up with your pitches, pitch them around the room. Colbert and the EPs decide which pitches should be written out. You and a writing partner go write the script. Script gets uh, edited, looked at, tossed out, or used or expanded upon. That gets consolidated. You keep doing rewrites throughout the day, and basically the show tapes at five thirty. At which point your day is over because. Once the show's taping, you ain't going to go out there. And- so basically what you're saying is by 9 a.m. in the morning, you have to have sketch and monologue ideas? Yeah, but like not fully written out, just like kind of a loose. I have an idea, and yeah. then you have until... You'd be like, uh, Trump needs to be in a hot air balloon yes. right, throwing pennies. At- and like, is there an amount of sketches and monologue jokes you're supposed to have at 9 a.m.? No, just it's kind of loose. I think you were expected to have like at least one... Okay. Pitch per meeting, I guess. So and it's then, not like moving furniture where it's five thirty. You think you're done. You go park the truck, and then they yeah. go, "Hey, uh, would you guys mind doing one more job?" Yeah, and you yeah, go, yeah. "I'm trying to pick up my kid." Yeah, it's, it's very. You get to leave at five thirty. Very little piano hoisting. Okay. Very little conversation with an ex-con in the cab of a truck. Mm-hmm. So basically, nine a.m. You have to have premises, and then you have to have actual jokes by what two thirty or three. Well, or- you, you, you ideally you'd have some jokes pitched with your premise. You know. Okay. A little, little bit of both. 
Because they film at like five, right? They film at five thirty. Yeah. yeah. But like, when does okay? When does it have to be done? Your part have to be done. Like five. Three, five three. I mean, like you, you'd be tweaking and tweaking until five thirty. At that point, pencils down, shoot what you got. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fun, man. It, it was fun. It was fun working on like a thing that was going out every single day. You know. Yeah. And you you come up with your double idea in the morning. You would get fucked with throughout the day, but at the end of the day. You know, millions of people would see like your little, your, yeah, your, yeah, your little game. It feels like a nice. school project, and I, and yeah. I'm not downplaying. I no, just, no, I have no comparisons yeah, in yeah. my life. It was you, other you, than the accomplishment of me and three guys in my history class <laughs> <laughs> throwing something together by the end of the day. You yeah, know? yeah. but that's deals. fucking fun. It's like an adrenaline rush. It was know? cool, man. It was a fun time. Were there ever any like 45 year old creative directors who would like hang out like near the stage door and be like? I have to suck Stephen Colbert's dick. <laughs> Wait, what's a creative director? Yeah. Like a like, or like nonprofit director? Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. His, his groupies were legion. Right. Yeah, no, they're always they're always threatening him and saying their hair and stuff. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I think my stomach's actually fucked up. So you were projecting with this whole diarrhea talk. You were like, oh, that? everyone else in the Dude, room has proj- diarrhea. Yeah, yeah. The way yeah. he projects yeah. is magic. It's magic. <laughs> I did have diarrhea yesterday. You did? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty bad. I guess we're all taking a turn. <laughs> Plain tag, dude. We're Plus, going down the, the line. The moon, next. the phases of the moon are changing our uh, digestive patterns. Yeah. What did you eat? Well, you know, I came back. I went to Jersey today to drop my to give my dog to my mom, and then I came back and I. That's what I mean by projecting. Actually, that's what, what I was thinking about because oh. I listened to I. They did, had to do an episode without me, and then me and my ex we share the dog, right? Mm-hmm. And then Mike goes, "Why wouldn't the person who just has the dog, uh, the kid, keep the dog?" And in my head, I'm going, "What a projecting motherfucker! He gives his parents the, his dog all the time." <laughs> It's interesting, but anyway, That's continue. Like, uh, I, I work out of town. <laughs> <laughs> I have to travel for my career. He's so silly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but okay, so between 9 and 5.30, do they like check up on you, or how does that work? Yeah, they're always up your fucking ass about something or other. You know? just, um, yeah, you know, I mean, like, everyone's like pretty much on the same page, so it's not like, it's not really a lot of like goofing off. Everyone's like pretty much like, you know, re- re- ready to fucking go. But yeah, you're all like, it's like a pretty relatively like small tight knit teams. So everyone's like kind of like corresponding all day, constantly on Slack, yada yada. You know, it's it's pretty pretty cohesive. Drug so, use or any like comparable thing to a drug? Every so often I'd have a nice cool beer at the end of the day. Oh, at the end of the nice. day. At the end of the day, yeah. I, I, I don't like drinking beer in the middle of the day. It makes me sleepy and cranky. But would you be yeah. allowed to do that? Or some people opening up beers. I, I think occasionally you might see that. You didn't hear it from me, listeners. Ooh, shit. But I think you might occasionally see it. Yeah. What about hitting the vape pens? <sighs> that wasn't around then, right? Yeah, that I can't speak to. Yeah. Yeah, like, we, we, we got to kill this fly big time. We yeah. have been trying to kill <laughs> it all episode. That's, it is, that's uh, the real theme of this episode is yeah. snatching a fly. In the there building. is a problem in this building. Yeah, the only thing is if you get up, the the wires will come unplugged. No, we're not yeah. going to get up. We, we got we stay. It's like a deer blind. We stay where we are. The, the the prey comes to us. Yeah. Another cute thing is now that Benjamin is two, he's learned that he can knock on the door and mm-hmm. I'll think it's Deborah and yeah, open it. I know. <laughs> And he's just he's just trying to. He's, just and he's just got us. like a laughing look. He's already a prankster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ben's because of the uh, the fly problem. Ben's evolved a frog's tongue actually. So, yeah, yeah. He could catch them for us. Yeah, he was trying to come in here and catch the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. God, what a yeah. disappointing game this is. Right, I just snatch. <laughs> Where you try to get look, it? Look, look at my pathetic empty uh, hand. 
I do like this podcast is having its uh, worst episode of Breaking Bad, where they spend an hour <laughs> trying to kill a fly. Nah, that's right. We've had. Oh, that's worse. one of the best episodes. So of Breaking Bad. Movement. You think? Oh yeah, and it's the director is really good. I think it's yeah. the same guy who directed Ozymandias, right? Am I wrong for saying that? Oh, is it? I could have totally made that up, and then I feel like a dickhead. I'm yeah. I'm not that serious about Breaking Bad. Yeah, but I feel like I remember that because those two episodes really stuck out to me. Yeah, there's things that people shit on, like like that episode in season two of The Wire. Which I I've never seen The Wire. No. I don't. Yeah, it's already been spoiled for me. There's like a Portlandia sketch called Spoilers. Uh, I uh-huh. seen that one. And uh, and so you go, yeah, but that can't be real. I know. Oh, I'm about to this right. I, I think grill. I got it. Nope. And uh, <laughs> it's called Spoilers, and I just didn't. I assumed it wasn't oh, like you thought, that. I thought they were tr- And tr- they tr- just sit there spoiling shit. Me. It's like a fucking bit. Oh yeah. And so they spoiled The Wire for me, a major part at least, hmm. a major death. Yeah. But was that your uh, dream when you like started comedy to get that kind of writing job? It was one of them, yeah. Yeah, I want I wanted to be on TV. I wanted to work on TV, and I wanted to make TV money. Mm-hmm. It all kind of came together very briefly. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you uh, leave? Uh, involuntary, what do they call it? Firing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how did that happen? I think it's a te- technical term. Uh, it's kind of vague, and I don't know enough about it to say conclusively. But I will I will say that I was surprised. Uh huh. Yeah. I got like I had this job in Williamsburg one time I was working as the receiver at this like store, this kind of like fancy, you know, store. And one day they just like let me go. Uh-huh. They were just like this position is not working out. So I'm like, that's kind of weird. But then looking back on it, I used to like <laughs> listen to Opie and Anthony at full volume <laughs> in, the, in the receiver with like these two girls, these two like yeah. girls in their late 20s. It wasn't working out. <laughs> I would just, like, you know, office, office, office politics. What are you going to do? Dude, I would literally like. <laughs> Because I, I had my own computer, which I never, that was the closest I ever had to like an office job or uh-huh. anything. Yeah. But I would just sit there and I would blast like Opie and Anthony yeah. and the Black Phillips show and all kinds of, yeah. <laughs> They're like prank calling an orphanage. Yeah. And just Patrice's like, oh. advice on women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> For these like 21 year old NYU <laughs> students. I told this one girl she had a nice ass, I think. Oh my God. <laughs> like at work. All, all, all in hindsight. I was going sense. through, I was going through something. Yeah. yeah. Have, you guys, um, have you guys ever been fired from a job? Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, When I worked loss prevention at a Century 21 department store, they fired me because I wasn't doing shit. Because you weren't preventing loss. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I never (laughs) caught You were facilitating loss. Yeah. If the kid was like small enough, I let them take stuff. Oh, they're kids. Yeah, exactly. Again, you the kids. Yeah, it's like fun kid shit, you know? But uh, yeah, they fired me. And then I knew since it was loss prevention that there was cameras on us. And the guy, the top guy was a maniac. Mm-hmm. And so the middle guys were firing me. And so I started like airing all of their dirty laundry out as I was getting fired because I knew the top guy would oh, watch it. That's nice so thing. I was like, but you're fucking girls that work here. You guys oh, are in your 40s and there's like 24 year old girls that you're yeah. all having sex with. But you're going to fire me. That's not like I was like. Just mentioning it like, (laughs) but please, mister. And then I would list (laughs) five things that they did wrong. Please, mister. You you are the equivalent to Adolf Hitler here, but you got to listen, hear me out here. And then they had to escort me out. But that's part of firing. Yeah. Or at least there. It's like you have to be escorted out. They all do it super like impersonally like that. You can be working there for 20 years. Yeah. You become a threat immediately. It's like you cut off your email. Yeah. It's like you might hurt us. Non-person enemy of the state. I got fired from a job once because I like. Well, I, I also I wasn't very well liked at this job. It was a restaurant job, <laughs> and uh, I did write the schedule wrong. So I thought I so I like came in on the wrong day, and I was yeah. like, "Oh shit, today's my day off," and yeah. I was supposed to work yesterday. <laughs> so 
they were like, the general manager is going to want to talk to you. Like, come back at five. So I like went home and went back at five to get fired, like in person. That sucks. It's so like. Yeah, they should have yeah. paid you for that. If it was today, I would have been like, are you going to fire me? Yeah. You yeah. know, you could have just sent him a text. Yeah. Easy, easy as yeah, yeah. Well, this was like 2009. Uh, yeah. I got fired doing it. from a cheese shop I worked at because I'm like a very not I'm a introverted guy, you know. And so this is a cheese shop in Williamsburg, and they uh, <clears throat> they wanted me to talk to the customers and be more like extroverted and try to like be very hyped on selling them cheese or whatever. Cheese oh, that sucks, man. I know. And they, they need uh, to put on mice ears. <laughs> <laughs> what we need you to do is crawl around on all fours. <laughs> mm, gorgonzola. Say my cheese, my cheese. Please don't buy it. And it'll make them want to buy it. Are there multiple flaws? <laughs> yeah, I think they're propagating. Yeah. Like, well, Sean, probably. probably. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> Living whole lives. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. But so, yeah, my manager takes me aside at the end of one shift and she's like, hey, can you be like more extrovert and all that? So I go and I'm like, OK, I'll try. And I go and I come in the next day. and I'm just like, OK, I'm just going to talk about everything that's on my mind to like all my coworkers <laughs> or whatever. <I'm> like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so I like yeah. Yeah. I they're burning like, down their yeah. own neighborhoods. <laughs> <laughs> so I told my coworker that on the subway over, I've been listening to this slick Rick song, and I started crying because he talked about making his mother proud, and it just made me so sad because I was like, I just moved to New York, and I was like, it's still like working a shitty job at that point. I was like, but if I do comedy, I can make my mom proud or something like that, and I just started like oversharing all details yeah. of my life yeah, yeah and then they fired me at the what end of the, the shift fuck, man? dan if you do dan if you don't i know yeah, dude. you're like i tried to jerk off before a date because i get really nervous and then i ended <laughs> up uh throwing up <laughs> so i think i was my body was depleted and i didn't have any fluid she left could in smell me. it on me they can always smell it on you so i could yeah and how's that aged cheddar <laughs> <laughs> you know who didn't get fired from that same job was Seth Cockfield, who would later oh, be made yeah. famous by Comtown. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember him. He had glasses. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that about sums her up. <laughs> I remember him. Hey. I hope he's doing well. He's got glasses. No, no, but I'm not. I don't mean bad offensively. I mean I'm bad picture, I'm picturing him. Those are yeah. good glasses. All right. I worked at this restaurant on the Upper East Side, and I, uh, there, we had like three managers, and one, one was like a psychopath from like Eastern Europe, this woman from Eastern Europe, but I kind of like won her over. The other one, I think she was from Turkey, and she was like very sweet, but also a little bit like oblivious, like a little, a little incompetent maybe, but, uh, and her name was uh, Suna, so, but one day she pulls me aside, and she goes, uh, she goes, Mike, um... She had something she wanted to tell me, but it was like uncomfortable for her to like say. She goes, uh, uh, you need to wear undershirt when you come to work. And I'm like, I'm like, why? And she's like, your nipples. <laughs> she said, your nipples. Oh, my gosh. But you can't reprimand somebody for having nipples. Yeah, but they can't be as I, that's, I like the fucking, servings of sausage they're giving. I'm like, I, I should fucking sue your ass, bitch. <laughs> Can you not do that? Like, if a, if a woman like went to work brawless, you don't think she would be reprimanded for having her? her I think they would um, ask her. I don't think they can make her, but I think you they can. can yeah. Right? You could ask someone. Yeah. I'm like, hey, all right, can you say that again into this giant cowboy hat that I'm wearing? <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if you can shame nipples. I don't know if you can. Why would you? Yeah. Also, like, yeah, that sucks. 
How do you even work around that? Like your job is manager. Yeah. You have to tell you the girl with hard nipples that she can't do that. Tim. Or the guy with hard nipples. Yeah. <laughs> or the 23-year-old man <laughs> who, who doesn't really have an excuse for, what, for why his body looks that way, except that he's eating yeah. four free croissants every day after his shift. You, you should have you you started taping them up. You just see those black guess, X's yeah. through your shirt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just wrapping. They say that's why Ron DeSantis wears vests in like like eighty degree weather because <laughs> his nipples vests? are so prominent. Yeah, he's got like t- he's got tits. Ooh, mm. yeah, Sometimes I like him I now. Tits. I gotta yeah. work on him. He should just say that. He should say he has tits. My say. fellow Americans, I have tits. Yeah, people yeah. really need to like figure out what honesty actually means and then <laughs> mm-hmm. commit to it with their vote. Like Trump mm-hmm. isn't the honest president. The honest president would be Ron DeSantis running uh-huh. on, yeah, my nipples are a little large and yeah. so are, is my tit area. Yeah. And then if every guy was actually like... As if every guy with the same tit issue voted, <laughs> yeah. he would be president of the United States. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're saying that a majority of voters have this t- tit issue? Well, I'm saying, yeah, and I'm saying the majority of voters are liars. He's like, yeah, my nipples are pointy like the stuff we're going to put at the border to stop these migrants <laughs> from coming in. <laughs> Ron DeSantis also has microscene body, huh? I guess what Mike yeah. Racine is Ron DeSantis body. Okay, Ron was here first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it looks like <laughs> it, lo- it looks like uh, Ron DeSantis should be pushing Mike into the Arctic Ocean to uh, test for sea lions. <laughs> oh, dude, fucking. Uh, okay, so uh, Nick DiPaolo, right? I, I met him like a few times. Give this shit, obviously. But uh, I was, uh, I was intru- Black Lives Matter. Yeah, it was Scott Chaplin. <laughs> yeah, when I was introduced to him. He goes, uh, oh, you look like Marco Rubio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think that's and true at all. No, and then the whole night he just called me Marco Rubio. Well, he gets, yeah. a, he gets a bit on his hands. Like, fuck let this go. guy. Yeah. yeah. So now, uh, so now with the what's with the strike? What's happening? Any uh, any updates or? Well, I would say uh, it's been what four months that's been going on. I think mm-hmm. I, I would say an accurate estimate would be at least through the end of the calendar year. Yeah, continuing, so. I think that's okay. what most people are saying. Too, yeah, right? it's 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 a really weird situation where like everyone is in agreement except for like the fifty people at the top who make the decisions. They yeah. are the ones that are holding strong. Yeah, because their lives don't change one way or the other. They don't particularly seem to even like like or care about television or movies. They're just kind of like bureaucrats. Yeah, yeah. And they just know that and what's going to happen. People are just going to hey, watch. Don't more make podcasts, the people respect them more. <laughs> well, <laughs> they don't like movies and stuff. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think all that audience is going to come to this podcast and you guys play your cards right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they are the late night hosts are all podcasting now. They are Strike Force Five. Yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah, Strike Force Five. Actually, I, I do I do want to listen because I want to see how Fallon recovers from this <laughs> these allegations of his. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's got to sit and talk t- with tyranny. those guys. Yeah, yeah so he has to he has to sit and just do a very solemn. Guys, you know, he has to do his apology tour in front of his four four colleagues. Strike Force Five, they should if they're committed to the WGA, they should become like kamikazes. Mm. Yeah. And you let Jimmy be the first to <laughs> explode himself in a in a corporate building. Yeah. I would tell Jimmy to, to play into it and just like remote into the podcast from his crying room. <laughs> just red eyes, bawling. He should just do a heel turn and be like evil macho man Randy Savage. How cool would that be? And that's for non wrestling fans. So, you know, wrestling was taken. Taking a dive in the mid '90s, 
And then, um, I mean, Steve Austin and Vince and the Attitude Era was a big part of making it popular again. Mm -hmm. But the truth is Hulk Hogan Mm -hmm. becoming a heel and the whole NWO was what made wrestling popular again. And it's the idea of a baby face forever, like Hulk Hogan becoming a bad guy. So Mm -hmm. you're right. If Jimmy Fallon becomes the first bad (laughs) guy late night host. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, hey, suck my dick. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I would would have loved it. His like like, walkout music would be like some like lame like NWO like, you know. Glass smashing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you make the roots do it. Yeah. yeah, and he yells at them while they do it. Absolutely. He just puts all his writers in a dunk tank, <laughs> and him and uh, him and Sydney Sweeney get to <laughs> throw them in. That's good. I like that. Yeah, just a dunk tank full. I, I think abuse becomes not abuse when it's like comical like that. You yeah, know? yeah, no, for sure. Well, I was watching a Gutfeld clip today, and Gutfeld, Gutfeld, <laughs> Gutfeld was like, he was like mad at Jimmy Fallon for apologizing to his snitch sure, writing sure. staff. Yeah, yeah. He He was like, you gave those people a job and now you're apologizing to them. (laughs) Um, That guy's great. It's so cool that we're capitalists now. I love that. Yeah. I mean, what else are we going to do? You know, joining the winning team. I'm going to root. for the yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like we're not getting anywhere in the other the other side. (laughs) We tried socialism. (laughs) Now we're back on the winning team. We tried equally lame and yeah. Yeah. Well, the higher ups, what it was in like June or July, that thing leaked, which they it seemed like they wanted it to leak about how they were pretty much going to wait till October, where y'all would start losing your apartment. Yeah, and I mean, start getting hungry, I th- and then I th- you'd come mm. crawling back to them. I think the problem with that is it's been pointed out a lot online is that most writers are so used to not working. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I, like, even before this strike, I wasn't working for two straight years. Yeah, so like, like really, I'm not, fine. so no one's going to fucking yield <clears throat> on these huge existential issues. In exchange yeah. for a very short-term payout, they're gonna wait for something substantive, which is what's gonna happen. Yeah. yeah, and uh, like the Drew Barrymore show came back this week, That's and right. she's getting fucking hell for it. That's it's right. uh, she's an enemy, enemy, enemy of the people. Yeah, and everybody likes Drew Barrymore. What's wrong with Drew Barrymore? Until this fucking That's right. Monday, all it, t- all it takes is one slip up, and you're fucked. It's over, yeah. man. I don't know how she's gonna recover. You could also just not do it. How'd she's rich. Mm. Who you, gives a shit? Why would you do it? Stay on what vacation. Is the reason they must. I, don't know, I feel she, bad. Yeah, who knows what she was thinking? She must have been getting some pressure. Of some shadowy, some shadowy weird pup- somebody shared a thing are story. arriving. Well, in in uh in the Irishman, when Jimmy Hoffa says the the one people you can't trust are millionaires' kids. Ooh. Such a great point. Yeah, you know. Yeah, have you seen but, the Drew Barrymore show? No, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, I think it's nice. Yeah, she's very. Uh, she had Tom Green on. Oh yeah, were they yeah. married? They used to ma- be married. I think yeah. they were married. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's how cool she is. She married Tom Green. <laughs> yeah. That's a status. That's all of our dreams. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty cool. You're a little bit funny. You can really kind of clean up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> Unfortunately, though, if you're really, really funny, you're fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah people- you know you know how funny you got to be to fuck a girl like that with one ball? <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, yeah. Tom, yeah, Green Tom, Green's, Tom, Tom Green's rock, rocking the uni. I thought you were saying Drew Barrymore has one ball. <laughs> no. Well, she has his. <laughs> That that Tom Green bit was funny when he painted uh, the slut mobile mm-hmm. on his dad's car. Oh, yeah, That's sure. a great yeah. bit. His parents were always amazing on that show. <laughs> yeah. That was like the first example of like abusing the fuck out of his parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Bam Margera ran to the ground. Sure. Yeah, he guys started really hitting sure. him. It's hitting like, no them, guys. Hit huge them. extended yeah, child yeah, molester yeah. family yeah. involved. Like, that yeah. wasn't cool. Yeah, yeah. But the yeah. Tom Green way was. I never liked they would make Phil was Bam's father. Yeah, right? he would just like go and hit him in the head. Like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, throw a plunger on the fat guy's face. I always hated he'd be mowing the lawn mm-hmm. and uh, he would fall into the leaves because oh, that's yeah, so yeah. actually. Sure. I feel like fell in somehow. 
Yeah. And then his leg got caught and it got a four, a cut four, up a 400 by your pound lawnmower. Man easily get very hurt. Yeah, there, by man. your John Deere. Yeah. And then what? Exactly. Bam, Bam goes in. Bam would still end up the same way. Yeah, I don't that's think, uh, that's the thing. I don't think he ever had a chance. Yeah, he could have killed his father. He still would have been the same guy. Should have killed his father. Sure. So uh, for the Writers Guild strike, I guess uh, what are the main concerns? Because I know with the Screen Actors Guild, it's a lot about the AI stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there's some really fucked up things where they're talking about hiring actors to just record a bunch of lines for a hundred. Dollars, hmm. and then they'll just use their shit with AI forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are, I, you, are you are you like eating lunch? That would be tough for me if I couldn't eat lunch. My eating lunch? What's that mean? Yeah, like well, because they want they're trying to like starve you out. Oh my! Oh, yeah. Are you eating like? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm doing relatively okay. I had, yeah. some, I had some pretty good savings from my okay my Colbert, Colbert, Colbert days, but a lot okay. of people are fucking you know taking any job they can get. You know, mm-hmm. I'll probably end up bartending or working in a coffee shop at some point or another. Yeah, just to make ends meet. But yeah, There's no shame in that. No, you know, I, it's good, good honest honest work. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what are the main uh, writers' guild demands? Uh, there's a lot. The main one I think is the size of the writers' rooms. Uh, the Studios have wanted to like shrink. They want to make it so there's no minimum size of writer of writers room. For example, in Colbert, we had twelve writers. Mm-hmm. Under the proposal by the AMPTP, there will be no minimum. So in theory, every single show could just have one writer and however many like dirt cheap freelancers they wanted. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. trying to make a four hundred pound woman count as two writers. <laughs> yeah, that's the idea. The, the fatter you are, the more you make, which actually is kind of good for some of us. Yeah, I would love to actually start. Yeah, yeah. If I balloon up, I oh yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> like the Simpsons episode. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. just yeah. start wearing a muumu. You get a double salary. That'd be funny. Like Mike finally achieves his dream of getting like a late night writer's job, mm-hmm. but he's like the only person who he's the only writer, so he has to write the Colbert show five days a week, mm-hmm. and by the end of it, he's like crusty and that episode where he has to do comedy all the time to make <laughs> Bart happy. Yeah, He's completely yeah. sleep deprived and yeah, suicidal. Yeah, yeah. Writing a fucking the entire Colbert show five times a week by yeah. himself. And everyone on Twitter is just calling me a scab. <laughs> <laughs> everyone thinks he's a scab. Everyone thinks the show isn't funny. Yeah. He has to write it every never, single fucking day I never see by my, himself. My kid joins a gang. I never see him. <laughs> that's 120 that's hour weeks. Maybe. So that's that's what we at the WGR are fighting to prevent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Hey, guys, I made $80,000 this this year. What did you make? <laughs> I guess the use of AI, too, right? AI is also important. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, honestly, personally, AI will never be good enough to work in a way they want to work. That being said, that will not stop them from doing firing it. all the humans, yeah. right. using AI for however many years until it becomes clear that it's not tenable. But in the meantime, they will just devastate the entire industry and then we'll be picking up the pieces in like t- 2030. Yeah. yeah. It must be so annoying. It sucks ass, man. These people are yeah. fucking morons. Yeah. They're so dumb and they just don't give a shit and they make the same amount of money either way. So yeah. Let's we were talking about this on the previous episode about like chocolate slavery and like, you know, mm-hmm. the big companies like Nestle and Cargill. Yeah. Like um, in Ghana and uh, the Ivory Coast, they tried to set a floor, like a minimum that they have to pay to get their cocoa mm-hmm. from you know, these uh, destitute people and, you know, there's at least a million, million and a half child slaves over there. And they tried to set like a price floor and that held for a bit. But Nestle and Cargill, these people are so desperate. so fucked up. That they can just. (laughs) 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 Mike just just opened a Reese's Pieces for those who are listening to the audio. Oh, chocolatey peanut butter. (laughs) A Reese's peanut butter cup. Um, (laughs) 
But anyways, the point was mm. these people are so destitute that they could just kind of bid them off against each other, even though it's, you know, a ten thousandth of a percentage of their profits. Mm. Yeah. And it is kind of the same thing with like the Writers Guild and the Screen Actors, where it's like it's so insignificant to their total bottom line to to just come to an agreement. Yes. And yet they're like, we can starve these people out. We can because I guess for the shareholders, their incentive is maximize profit. They want maxi- make sure labor gets paid as little shareholder as possible. Value. And also one thing that doesn't get talked about is that anything they do give up has to be given up indefinitely. Right. If you make one concession, it's not just for the next year or the next contract. That is the basis on which every contract will be, will be made. So that that's kind of what's causing them to dig in. Because, you know, once, you know, the industry is going poor, poorly, they still have to pay the same thing. So that is kind of like, it's something that doesn't get really good acknowledged, but I think that is a consideration. Yeah, these fucking streaming services, it changed everything, and then they expect to not... Mm-hmm. Change everything, if that makes any sense. Yeah, they're fuckers. <laughs> Do you think it's still the the dream for like stand-ups who are starting up na- out now to get a, a late-night writer's job or SNL or whatever? I mean... I mean, not if you're a white Christian male. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, if you are, you're like uh, br- that Brendan Fraser. What is that Brendan Fraser movie? The Whale? No. Blast <laughs> from the Past or when he just like comes from the it's, 50s. It's, why the fuck would you want to... Yeah, why would that be the goal? Yeah. You know, if you were born after the 2000s, why would you want to write for late night unless I mean, you, unless and, you and, hit and your and head our, and you think you're Johnny In Carson. our modern yeah. gig economy, I think any comedian would take any job at this point. Right. Oh, sure, sure. But I mean, you know, when you're a kid like, oh, and you dream. have dreams. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, you know, you want to work with Conan Bryan. And- exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah well, like, now the goal is to have a successful podcast where you, where you joke about <laughs> rape and pedophilia. Yeah, man, people just want to stream. Catch a fly. Everybody, yeah. the dream <laughs> is to, like, play games and stream and... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then go on vacation like four times a year. That's the dream for everybody. Yeah. Think. yeah. Well, yeah. I remember like when I, you know, Conan O'Brien late nights was that's what got me into stand up comedy or just comedy in general. And mm-hmm. like I learned from the monologues, like I would always watch the Letterman and the Leno. I would watch Letterman, then I would switch over to Leno when because Leno did a longer monologue. Then I would watch, you know, Conan was always my favorite. But that's kind of how I learned joke writing. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, for the longest time, that was always the dream. And I never got there, but I do know people who did. And it's like, it is something where it seems nice. It seems like you make good money. But like, you know, I know a guy who writes for like a late night show who's just like, he's done it for a while and he's burnt out on it. He just wants to do something else. David he Angela? still does it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like, you know, you get older and you get more realistic about these things. And it's still like writing for somebody else's thing. It's not if you're a creative person, there is a part of you like Louis C.K. famously left Conan Mm -hmm. because he wanted to do his own thing. If you're a creative person, there is a part of you that wants to to create something for yourself. So I guess um, I don't know. I'm just wondering if that kind of dream still holds for for people who are starting out in stand up today. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think late night has the same like cultural cachet it may have had in the '90s. So it's less likely maybe that like an aspiring comic now would be like my goal is to be on late night because it's just less something they're less aware of now. Their goal might be you know famous podcast, famous mm. Twitch stream. Yeah, but I also can't put myself in the head of someone young and idealistic at this point. Yeah, or maybe yeah, yeah. the goal would be to bring life back to it, right? Mm-hmm. To go like, oh, whatever I am doing, I would like to bring it to that time slot and make it relevant yeah. again and mm-hmm. pump life, you know, back yeah, into it. That's what, that's what Lily Singh was trying to do, and she did successfully, I think. Mm-hmm. Wait, who is that? Who, well, oh, I remember her. <laughs> yeah. She did not do See, I don't, I don't know if you want to... That was you, TBS? That was USA Network? I think it was TBS. Yeah. I think she was oh, actually was it? maybe. I forget. 
She goes, for, for, for some people, seeing someone like me host a late night show is terrifying. <laughs> it was, yeah, she would say that. Spooky. Yeah. Really? Yeah, you're really spooky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was a... Uh... Yeah, it is terrifying when you see an unfunny person host a late night <laughs> show. <laughs> What's the name of that guy, extremely online guy who made that video? Of it's I don't I know the I don't, I don't know the guy's name in real life but he goes online. Oh so. yeah, Sam. Is his name Sam? Well, he, he doesn't. I think thing I think he, he's I anonymous Sam. online. I won't say his last oh, name. Oh, then his name's extremely on or yeah, online. Yeah, I met him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, he yeah, does this man. video. Where it's like like oh, it's so embarrassing. I was I was in the audience of the Lily Singh taping. I was right under <laughs> the mic for the crowd noise. And it's him just like bellowing at laughter. <laughs> it's like all kind of terrible jokes. It's so funny. One of my favorite online vids, honestly. Sean O'Connor was the head writer for that show. Really? Yeah. Black, Sean. black eye for him. Yeah. Shout out to Sean. Wait, yeah. was he really the head writer for that? Yeah. Sean so. was the head writer for a lot of fucking things. A lot things, of stuff. Man. Yeah. Yeah. He's it is like if you're a white well. person being the head writer for that show is the equivalent of a minstrel show <laughs> where you just have to like <laughs> trash and denigrate white people all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For your job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shucking and jiving about white people. <laughs> you're like the Indian in that commercial, like a little, every day, a little tear rolls down <laughs> your face. Every, every time you, you write a joke about white people don't, don't like spice in their voice. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. God damn it. Speaking of uh, your great grandfather crying in a dream that night. Oh, it's better without spice. (laughs) (laughs) Potato famine survivor. Yeah. Just crushed. (laughs) This is what his descendant has been reduced to. You see us on the dance floor at a wedding at the mockery. I can't do it. I can't do it. (laughs) We didn't need seasoning. We had the church (laughs) and hard work. God damn it. Um, you know, Sean O'Connor, speaking of monologue jokes, he wrote monologue jokes for Norm's, what was it called? The Norm podcast or the Norm oh, that, show? Adam, you got, yeah. Yeah, that was like a lot of Sean. So Sean was on the road with Norm forever. Yeah. Sean doesn't do stand-up anymore, but just for listeners, hopefully he does it again soon. Yeah. Um, there's like interviews with Norm where they're like, who's the future of stand-up? Who's whatever? He would always say Sean O'Connor, oh, yeah, yeah. which is really cool if you're a well, Norm well, fan. Well, the so. follow-up of that, it was obviously a bit. Be like, who's the future of stand-up? you like, Sean O'Connor. And the future is bleak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, those, that, those uh, Norm shows with Adam Egan are so funny. God damn. Yeah, I watch great, those man. clips like daily. I, I so and some much. people ask who, who that's the best T-shirts in the uh, in the podcast <laughs> sphere. And uh, many people have said Mike Racine. We actually have a new design coming out Hell yeah. this month that we all collaborated. We all sort of essentially collaborated on this design. So Yeah, which one is it? Yeah. I don't want to say. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. announce... But yeah, um, all right. So, guys, any final thoughts? Please go check out Bag of Tricks on uh, YouTube, which should be out. Uh, Django Gold's special Bag of Tricks on YouTube. Um, wish you the best of luck with that, guys. Any Thanks very uh, much. Any we, we, final we, we, thoughts? We never talked about Gutfeld. <coughs> oh, no, yeah. yeah you want to? Yeah, well, yeah, I just uh, you know I was watching a little bit. Yeah, you know, I was watching a little bit of it today in the car. As I do I every driving. day. Yeah, in the car. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I watch YouTube in my car oh, okay. while I drive on the highway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I go on YouTube. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I yeah, type well, in yeah, you know, Greg Gutfeld. You know, instead of doing <laughs> instead of doing Spotify, whatever that I can just do from the CarPlay, I open the YouTube app on my phone. I, you know, I uh, I look at the road. I go G U. Look at the road again. <laughs> T F. At that the point, road again. at that point, the app takes over. The app takes it over. It knows what you yeah, want. Yeah, gut yeah. fat. Gut fat. Yeah, and then it's like I can look at all the all the hot babes that he has, man, saying, talking he has about Hunter Biden. He, yeah, he, he has like well, panelists, and they're all like former re- reality show, former like fucking 
real world contestants. Yeah, Cat Timp is pretty hot, but she has like jumbo shrimp posture. It's kind of funny <laughs> if you see her walk. <laughs> she looks like the Pope. <laughs> Wait, which one is it? <laughs> it's a type of white girl size, I think. It's like their legs are taller than their She head. walks like They're an old man, like a, a 90-year-old with scoliosis. <laughs> oh, man. That, that show I was, was just talking to her this week. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> In what context? Ah, uh, you know, we're just like just buds. Yeah, I just sent her a couple fire emojis on uh, <laughs> yeah, on yeah. Instagram. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he thinks that's it. <laughs> I, I guess it was more one way. My you know? son yeah, loves reacting you. to yeah. her stories is talking to her. Yeah, it was just sort of emojis, you know, from from me. But uh, I, I have a question <laughs> for you, Mike. Because you, you've seen, have you seen, have you guys seen Gutfeld? Uh, seen like clips of it. I was watching some today. Do you think he can tell that he's bombing? Uh, I guess I don't. I, I don't think he cares. Although I did see some stuff, and and he did have a couple things that sort of like made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Like he makes fun of some of the other Fox News hosts. Mm-hmm. Like he had some joke where he was like, "People are trying to avoid on this. Like they're trying to avoid stepping over." Needles, poop, and a passed out Brian Kilmeade. Ooh, so he's like calling Brian Kilmeade sure, a drunk. Sure. He like made fun Inside of Jesse baseball. Waters. Yeah, he made fun yeah, of Jesse yeah. Waters' his hairline. Um, but yeah, I guess I don't think he cares. And I feel like the entire tone of the show is just everybody's kind of everybody's everybody like failed at comedy and they're and they're mad. Yeah, and comedy's you know comedy's very hard. Yes, you know what I mean. Like like you know we do this podcast every week. Some of the jokes land. Some of the jokes don't. But, yeah. uh, but we didn't feel a com- comedy failed us. Yeah, the system yeah. failed us. <laughs> yeah, the podcast and Gutfeld and Gutfeld. But I mean, I don't, ratings. I don't begrudge anybody. I don't begrudge anybody for being a failed comedian because no. it's hard. It's hard. No, to be sure. A comedian. I, mean, I, I just think I fa- find the tone of the show very weird because, like, yeah, he'll tell a joke to a silent room. Yeah, and he doesn't lose like his like kind of snide like behavior. Yeah, it's yeah, bizarre. Yeah. Like, yeah. How do you not lose any of your arrogance? When you're absolutely bombing in front of a yeah. favorable audience. Well, yeah, that's how yeah, you know yeah. he's getting the coke that isn't cut with baby powder. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got to be on it. <laughs> uh, Jacob, do you have any either advice or just kind of lessons for people who want to write for late night? I'm just thinking about how you said cat tip is the posture of a jumbo shrimp. <laughs> we'll use that joke in the back. <laughs> Looks like the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> the Pope is rather shrimp-like. Uh, my advice, I would say, um, all we... It really helps that if you know someone on a show, just keep in touch with them and ask them when openings come up because a lot of these openings do not get publicized very widely. Mm -hmm. So it helps just be on friendly terms with people that write the shows. And when you write a packet, volume, 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 write a fuckload of jokes Mm -hmm. and use the best ones because you'll find that the jokes that you end up selecting are way better than the first ones you wrote. And really just like do your best to write original jokes that will make the person reading the packet laugh because the the show will get like a thousand packets and the people who are reading it, like their eyes will have been glazed over at this point. So you want something that will stick out and will surprise them and be, and be good. So. so would you recommend writing stuff that like, even if it's not funny to, to even if it won't, if it might not be used on the show, if it's funny to you and you think it'll make somebody else laugh, I think you want to balance that- between something that is in the, the voice of whoever the person, let's say it's Kimmel. Mm-hmm. You want something that sounds like Kimmel could say it, mm-hmm. but you also want it to, reflect your own sensibility and your own yeah. sense of humor. Yeah. So you want to try to thread that needle. Right. Write something that sounds like Kimmel telling one of your jokes. Right. But there's nothing wrong with putting edgier stuff in a No. In a I, I think you're trying to make the person who's reading it laugh and the person who's reading it will like will appreciate the the attempt at risk taking, I think. Yeah. Do nice. people ever do cute stuff like they like send it out like uh they they do different font? 
Yeah, like, <laughs> they'll be like on a birthday cake and that type of shit. Yeah, like, people occasionally do that. I don't think that's ever worked. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm writing my packet in, in blood of hookers like Jack the Ripper. Well, you, yeah. should, you, you should get your packet yeah. tattooed on your own chest <laughs> and just show up shirtless to the office. <laughs> I think that'll at least get you a round one interview. Do pictures help with monologue jokes? You know? Sometimes I think some people sometimes will like will like put in some kind of illustrative yeah. photo. But also, I think ideally the stick jo- figures. Scott put a photo of Tub Girl in his last packet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah, didn't. Yeah. Please see diagrams. Say, well, <laughs> folks, the world has gone to shit. <laughs> Why is he right? Why is and then he- it's Tub Girl on the side. <laughs> Thank you for it. Was the my night packet. Trump won the election? I'm on Colbert. Well, yeah. things are a little <laughs> shitty lately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, remember that GIF that you showed me, and it, we watched it at the pit, and I can't say what it is. Yeah, you bring it up all the time. Oh, it's a guy okay. does a flip. Yeah, he's like he's like ha- this guy's like having sex with a girl from behind with and just his sneakers on. And, but, and then, but then he but then he's able to like flip her over and then he starts eating her out. He like he does a flip and she flips. You ever see a Canadian destroyer? It's like a type of wrestling move. No. It's basically like a pile driver, except I grab the guy to do a pile driver and then I do a front flip and the guy comes with me and does a backflip. Oh wow. And lands yeah. on his head. So he did that, but he was fucking her from behind and then Flip. I'll tell. I'll tell you what the website is. I'll spell the website. It's blank blank gga flip dot com. Oh yeah. Jesus. Yeah. If it still exists. If it still exists, hopefully. Uh, hopefully they probably pay, exists pay, on X. Paying yeah. their domain fees. Elon yeah, Musk's yeah. X. Hopefully it wasn't bought up by H and M because people people would go to that when they were trying to buy pants, affordable <laughs> pants. Um, anyway, guys, uh, bag of tricks on YouTube. It's Django special. Check it out. Support comedians, support uh, comedians and their projects. Uh, yes. Django, live you know, comedy. Do you have any social media or anything else you'd like to plug? Yeah. Uh, if you want to follow me on my various socials, the handle is Django industries, one word, except on Twitter slash X where it's just plain old Django DJ and but really bag of tricks. Where does that name come from? Uh, there's a gypsy jet Roma. Jazz guitar player named Django Reinhardt. Oh, okay. In the thirties, twenties, like that. I was named after him. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard of Django Reinhardt. Yeah, we would always we would always say Django when we worked at Got Junk when whenever like a job was hard. They'd be like, yeah. Man, they they'd be like, These motherfuckers think we Django. <laughs> he does like a Stardust, right? On guitar. Yeah, yeah. He does like beautifully, right? Yeah. He's great. He's yeah, awesome. he's unbelievable. Nice. Check yeah. him out too. Check but him mostly out too. bag check, of check, tricks. Check, check on out YouTube. his comedy special. It's also very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Nashville, Vegas. I'll also be in Hershey, PA on October 20th. Okay, so check those uh, dates out. Boys, any plugs? No. Patreon. Yeah, patreon.com slash out for Patreon.com slash out for smokes. Join the Patreon. Say a prayer for my my grandfather. um, And we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye.